Hi lovely, welcome to Bloom Best Stories. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Kate, I'm a passionate mama of three and a doula and I absolutely adore listening to women share their sacred birth stories. This is a loving space just for that. Each week I'll be chatting to women across Australia as they share their unique, very special journey to baby. This week I'm chatting with Jane who takes us through her most recent birth experience. Initially she was birthing through her public hospital on their home birth program. Those plans changed however when some COVID restrictions came into play and ultimately led her to free birth her daughter at home. Jane retells her story beautifully and I'm sure you'll love listening along. Jane, thank you so much for joining me. I'm very excited to hear your birth stories. Thank you for sharing. Oh, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Before we jump in, did you want to share a little bit about yourself and your family? Yes. So my name is Jane. Um, I am a mama to two girls. So Orla, who is um, three going on four in the next few months. Um, and Thea, who is seven months and we live, um, up in Wurundjeri country in Northern suburbs of Melbourne. Um, and we live here, uh, with my husband as well, Kieran. And yeah, we're just a a nice little family (laughs) living life here. I love your girls' names. Thank you. Yeah. Ola is Irish descent. Um, so my husband is is English, but he's sort of got a bit of Irish um, in his family and knows, yeah, obviously knew quite a few um, Irish people when he was over in school. So he sort of brought that one up for me and I fell in love with it. And then Thea, we always wanted to call a son Theodore. Um, and so when we found out we we're having a girl, we kind of just, I actually preferred Theodora. So we, so she's Theodora, but we just call her Thea. Yeah, beautiful. So nice. So did you want to talk us through your initiation, your first pregnancy and birth, but we're going to focus on your most recent birth, which is your free birth at home. But yeah, do you want to just quickly um, brush over and tell us a little about your first time around? Yes. So um, yeah, so all of this pregnancy was beautiful I really I really love being pregnant um um and yeah so all this was no different it was I felt pretty well um I had I had quite a bit of energy for the most part um throughout it um I wanted to the way that I was sort of approaching birth um was I wanted to I wanted to go into it and not have to have I didn't want to be intervened with essentially. Um, I wanted it to be completely myself. Um, but I also was aware that, you know, with pain, which is, you know, which often brings on tension is not conducive to a great birth. So I was trying to figure out sort of the best way that I could kind of get both, um, essentially not have to take, you know, pharmaceutical pain relief, um, but also not be tense. And, um, I sort of asked a friend and she sort of popped me on the hypnobirthing, um, way. So I didn't do an in-person course, but I got a book and I read that religiously and started listening to um, the meditation tracks and the visualization tracks and sort of just, yeah, yeah, got as much, um, got as much of that 
information in my head and in my body as, as I could during that time. Um, I look back and I was, I did not, not very know very much um, in hindsight, but it was, it was enough for me um, at that time. Um, I was part of the MGP program um, or the Cosmos program, as it was called, at the Women's um, in Melbourne. So I had a really great team or a midwife and a, a really great team that were all very like-minded. So that was amazing. I felt like through reading the hypnobirthing book, I was prepared for a lot of um, pushback from the hospital and their systems and everything. But I honestly did not experience any of that, which I am incredibly grateful for and incre- um, grateful for that group of midwives essentially who, yeah, who really upheld sort of the way that I wanted to birth. Um, so, yeah, I went into labour naturally, bef- yeah, 39 and four or five days maybe. Um, and it was a long classic long first labor um it was I think about 36 hours all up um so yeah I did and pretty much from the get-go my contractions were about five minutes apart um so yeah it was a really intense um couple of days essentially um Mm. and it was long and it felt never-ending and so yeah I was home for about 30 hours of that um and eventually when my waters broke and I kind of kicked into a really act, like really active labour from that. Um, we went into hospital and I was about, yeah, I was probably about eight centimetres when we got there, um, dilated and, yeah, spent the next six hours, yeah, getting to that final stage of labour and being pushed. But um, I really, really used, like, that. if I look back, that labour was, it was so... It was so hypnobirthy, I suppose. It was really calm. I was really quiet. I was really in myself. Um, I It was like, it was intense and, yeah, it was painful, but it was, I felt very in control as much as you can, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, nice. In birth. And, yeah, and then, and then she was birthed and, and um it was yeah it was amazing i felt amazing um yeah, yeah I, I didn't really have any like crises of confidence i think i think the most i got was i said to kieran sort of right near the right near the end i said these contractions are just giving me strife i don't know why i said that i know <laughs> that. Oh, finally that was my transition um, <laughs> but, um it was so chill and um yeah, and it was and it was amazing, and she was great, and yeah, it was just Kieran and Kieran. I think Kieran caught her. I think as she came out, he was invited down back there. I was on all fours, um, so he sort of went back right at the end, and I think he recalls the moment of of it when they asked him, "Do you want to come?" And I think his internal was like, "Definitely don't," but he was like, "Yeah, sure," and he came and. It was amazing. Like as soon as she was born, her eyes just like, you know, he was the first thing that all saw and she just started crying and, it, yeah, it was beautiful. Oh, special. So nice. Yeah. And, look, I really think that birth, um, it really propelled me into motherhood and not not that it was easy at all. Like that first year was as as I think 
as I think with anyone becoming a mom, especially for the first time. Um, but I, I felt, I felt really powerful and I felt confident and I, yeah, I was on a high for so long. Um, and at that stage, I think I was really proud of just doing it without any sort of major pain relief or anything. And, you know, I think, there's a different between my two births is obviously I, I learned a lot in between, but at that stage, yeah, I was like, woof, I can do anything. So yeah. yeah. Good. That's how we want to feel, right? Correct. Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. So having such a great experience with your first, um, and you're a doula now as well. Do you think that having a good birth experience really opened the can of worms there? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, I would say about a year after that birth, I really started deep diving like into birth and postpartum and into, into everything birth related. I just became, yeah, I just wanted to fill my brain with everything about it. Um, and I couldn't, I could not, I could not let it go. Like it just was, it was ingrained in me. Listen to more, more women's experiences. And yeah, I was, I was hooked. So I felt empowered and I think I, I started over time to sort of wonder why not everyone did. And I know why not everyone did. Like, like there's there's many factors to that. Um, but you know, I was just like, man, if I can do it, like <laughs> like literally anyone can and I, I want everyone to like emerge emerge from their births feeling that. Um yeah, but one hundred percent um mm. played a huge part in I suppose where this journey's gone now. Yeah. I think when you have that lived experience and the high and such just a good experience however that looks you just want that for other women you know that that's possible absolutely um yeah 100 i just i just think every woman yeah should be <laughs> able to experience that so we itching to have another baby <laughs> um we definitely knew we wanted more children, but I, and straight after all this birth, I said I, will, I could absolutely do that again. So I suppose in terms of having a baby, I was itching to have another baby. <laughs> yes. But I wasn't ready to have another child yet. <laughs> um, it took, a, it wasn't straight away. Like I had no huge desire to have kids really close to one another. Um, so it wasn't until. It wasn't until Ola was probably two that we started talking about it and saying, yeah, I think we're probably, yeah, I think we can probably start start doing that. Um, and so, yeah, I think when Ola was about, yeah, just over two, we got, we got pregnant. Um, we're, we're so fortunate in that we, yeah, we – either really fertile or things match up really well in our bodies um, in that we get pregnant quite easily. Um, and 
So we got pregnant straight away um, again. And then we had an early pregnancy loss with that one. Um, so which, yeah, look, I, I could go into that reflection. Um, but at the time I was so fine and I still am so fine about it. I just, um, I get sad now that I didn't properly like sit and invite in the grief and honour a lot of that pregnancy mm. once we'd lost it. Um, and it makes me sad that I didn't do that because I also probably felt like I couldn't be there with my husband because he really experienced that grief um, of losing that. And I was really fine um, after the initial after after the initial grief. I was just fine and I didn't, I really didn't honour it, I don't think, and I really didn't honour my body as it was going through postpartum. I just didn't, I didn't have a lot of that under, that full understanding of what was going on and, yeah, I, I almost felt like I, I wasn't on the same page as my husband either in terms of our levels of, yeah, being sad about it and grief about it and just sitting in that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I... Yeah, I I wish I could like anyway. I I wish I could go back and just sit in that, but um, but we had a lot of support. We told a lot of people that we were pregnant straight away, and that's always been something we have felt really passionate about. Um, so when we did lose the baby, it we had a lot of support, and I told a lot of people, and it was a very open conversation. Um, with everyone, which yeah, good. I think definitely helped. And yeah, that was, that was good. And then, yeah, then we fell pregnant again a few months after that um, with Thea. Beautiful. Having had that miscarriage a few months prior, was that weighing on your mind? Um, I was very aware to not let it weigh on my mind. Um I didn't want to. I wanted to enjoy the pregnancy. Um, it, when with the with that initial pregnancy, I just felt like I was getting lots of blood tests um, when we were sort of trying to figure out whether this baby was growing and whether we were losing it. Um, and I just hated that. I hated how really medicalized it felt and I hated how I felt like I couldn't just sit back and enjoy because I was trying to figure out what was going on or what was going to happen. And I just didn't like that. So this pregnancy, yeah, I, we, I got initial blood tests, but I didn't want to do anything more than that. Like I didn't want any more blood tests, even though like a doctor was a bit like, maybe we should test again, but I just didn't want to. I just wanted to sit and enjoy and whatever was going to happen was going to happen. If we were going to lose it, I wanted to enjoy it while we had it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, yeah, I was pretty aware and I was, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to know everything. I just wanted to enjoy it. Yeah. And in terms of your care for this particular pregnancy, um, and I know that COVID had kind of wreaked havoc with all of that. Did you want to talk us through? Yeah, so um, at the time, at the time when we first got pregnant, um, yeah, so basically we wanted, I wanted a home birth. Um, 
desperately. Um, um, we were really fortunate that we were in the catchment area for the um, Sunshine Hospital Home Birth Program. So it was publicly funded um, because really at that time we couldn't afford to get a private midwife. So that was really our only option in terms of home birthing. So we got into that program, um, which was, I was overjoyed. Like I was so, <laughs> so excited. Um, and so we went through that before my first appointment with them, I got a call and they said, Hey, just to let you know, we've just been informed tonight that um, the, that the home birth program is going to be put on hold as of like tonight um, for six to eight weeks or so. Um, and that was because they're a public hospital, they're obviously under the, yeah, uh, DHS or whoever is um, giving all the health advice. Um, so that was because of ambulance shortages. It wasn't necessarily due to COVID, um, but it was all, all, you know, intertwined. Um, at that time, so I was probably like 20 weeks pregnant by this stage. They said six to eight weeks. Midwives didn't think it would be an issue. I didn't really think it was going to be an issue. So that was fine. So it kept going on. Um, I had to go to the hospital for all my appointments, but still had my one midwife um, and, yeah, still had the continuity of care. So that was fine. Um, and then keeps going on. Program is still on hold, still on hold, still on hold. And then we kind of hit December last year, um, which is when Omicron hit um, Melbourne. And then ambulance um, ambulance crisis started really ramping up and we sort of get to the end of the year and I'm probably uh, two months so let's say I'm probably about eight weeks, so maybe 32 weeks pregnant roughly. And I was like, I've got to know what's going on. Um, like I need to know whether it's going to be back up and running again. Like am I going to be birthing at home and am I going to be birthing a hospital or do we need to think of something else? Um, and so, yeah, at the start of the year I messaged my midwife and said, look, what do you think is the dealio? Because we were having code browns for ambulance shortages. Like it was just the worst it had ever been. And I just could not, I did not think that it would be back up and running in a couple of months or less than a couple of months. And yeah, she said, look, like we haven't received anything formal, but I just can't imagine that it's going to be back up and running for your birth. Um, and she said, I think, you should get a private midwife. And I said, okay. So me and my husband talked about it um, for a few days or, yeah, just maybe half a week. And it was a really, really hard time. Like it was, uh, I just, the, the, I had a few weeks there that was just horrific for me. It was, I just, there was so much inner turmoil. We couldn't, we'd sort of just, we just decided that we were going to, you know, really start properly saving to put a like deposit down on a house and and then we we're going to be asked to put six grand down for a private midwife and there was a, there was a lot. Um, there was a lot. Um, but 
yeah, but I wanted to birth at home and yeah. Anyway, we decided we're going to birth in hospital. I was still going to have my midwife. Um, you know, I was still part of the MGP program there. I would, you know, maybe potentially be shaded a little bit more as I was a, you know, home birthing mom type of thing. So yeah, we decided that we said, look, well, let's just do it. Birth hospital, stay home as long as possible. Go there right at the end. Yeah. You'll still, still have your midwife. Um, and then a week later after, um, a week later, after we were told the home birthing programs put on hold, we got another message from the hospital saying that the MGP program had been cancelled, had been. No. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like the final straw. I, I lost it. <laughs> like I was so upset. I was so upset. And every, any tiny bit that I like kept hold of with that hospital had just been like, shattered and I was now going to be seeing any midwife, have any midwife at appointments at my birth. It was just, I, it was the worst possible thing that I wanted, like the last thing that I wanted for my birth. And yeah, I was devastated. Um, and so, and then my husband said something, he said, look, let's be honest probably what's going to happen is you're just going to like stay home and then you're probably just not going to go to hospital and you'll just probably have it here. And I said, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I said, so if that's probably going to happen, maybe we should, you know, put some things in place so that we're not, you know, caught completely off guard, you know, if that does happen. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. And then once he said that, it was like, great, we're on. <laughs> <laughs> I think poor thing regrets saying that now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can imagine through all of that experience, like being in one frame of mind to birth at home and then accepting that it's probably going to be in the hospital and then finally not with the midwife. I can so totally see how you came to that. I mean, just anyway, birthing at home, amazing. But yeah, like you said, the inner turmoil and like you would have been feeling so unsettled with having all of that go on, right? Yeah. And yeah, I was itching like closer and closer, like to the end of my pregnancy. And yeah, it, it just, I just wanted to know what was happening so that I could properly, you know, really work at what I, yeah, what I needed to do to prepare my mind and prepare my soul and everything for how that was going to unfold. Um, and yeah, I just, I just wanted to be at home. That's all I wanted to be. That's where I felt the safest. Um, I didn't want to have to, I didn't want to have to deal with external things if I didn't have to, um, in that. So yeah. So then I just, then I, just prepared for birthing here. And I had to go through a couple of things like within myself regards, yeah, like about not being said about birthing at home, but 
I don't know, it's this really it's this really interesting sort of game you sort of play in your mind about, yeah, you've got this whole thing of hospital transfers and being stuck in your ideas and whatnot. And I, I didn't want to do any of that, but I really wanted to understand why it was that I wanted to birth at home and and where I needed my mind to be. And um, I, I read a really great birth story online and she was a planned free birth and ended up, her son ended up coming breach, um, but ended up going to hospital to birth him. And she recalled in her birth story that she got to a point in her labour, they didn't know that he was breach at that time, but she got to a point and she just said, and she felt deep in herself, I need, I need extra support. I need women's support around me. I want, like, I deeply want something extra. And so they called the ambulance and, and she got that support and she was in hospital and that was perfect because that's what she needed at that point. Mm. And like that resonated really strongly with me in thinking, I just want to be where I feel the safest and most secure and most supported and most loved at all points in my labor. And whether that changes in my labor is so fine. Like I have no issue like if I feel like I need to be in hospital or if I feel like something isn't quite right or I or I need extra support um, or whatever, then I actually will want to go to hospital. And so it was just changing my mindset around what hospital is and the role that hospitals play in birth for me um, and being really, like making a really good amount of peace with that um, and just... So that was pretty much how I approached the birth was at any point I just want to be where I feel the safest and most supported and most secure. And I know that from my past labour, for the most part, that's at home, but also I, I don't know if that's going to change at any point as we go along. So, And I was very open to if I want to be somewhere else or I need extra support, I'm going to want to be there and so I will happily yeah. go where that is yeah nice birthing at home with potentially no one else there did you do any birth education to support yourself or you were just leaning in and trusting birth to unfold as it does (laughs) yeah um i i read 10 moons um by jane hardwick collings um, and deep dived into her work. Um, so it was, I would say I, list, I did less outside birth education and more inside um, inner birth work, um, inner work within myself um, and, yeah, just really getting in touch with myself, my body, my baby, um, I knew that I knew that that was all I needed, um, but I also knew that I, it, like, yes, that was all I needed, but I needed that deeply. I needed an innate trust in the wisdom of my body and what I knew that my body could do and working with my baby. So, um, yeah, look, I did as much as I could. It felt like a really short amount of time, Um 
to sort of be doing this. But as I was doing it, I just thought, man, I didn't even think to start really doing this inner work when I was just having a regular home birth with a midwife there. Um, And now that I think about it, it kind of blows my mind that I didn't think to really do the inner work within myself that needed to be done um, when somebody else was there taking ownership and responsibility for it. Um, I think when you really make a decision, yeah, to to just completely trust yourself um, and your body that, yeah, you you feel like you have to do that inner work and I I'm actually so grateful that our birth ended the way it did um, so that I was able to do that work um, because I don't think I would have done it otherwise. Um, And who knows? Yeah. Who knows how important it really is. Um, It really is. It's so important. And I feel like it is actually not spoken about very much. Um, until you can until people often, yeah, decide they want a free birth and then they have to do it. But I just feel like it it's just imperative actually for everyone going yeah. into birth. Yeah, and going into motherhood. I mean, ideally that would kind of start blossoming in preconception, right? But often, particularly that first time around, we're not there yet. Like I wasn't the person I am now. So I hadn't tapped into any of that kind of stuff yet so um we have we don't have that opportunity um but yeah it really is important I think to yeah really get to know yourself hey (laughs) oh if I could yeah getting to know yourself and practicing listening to your intuition and listening to your body and they they are honestly, I think, the most important things in birth and in life and in mothering. I think yeah. they are just, yeah, second to none. Yeah. Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, so approaching birth, how are you feeling? How far along were you? How did you enter the portal? <laughs> yes. Um I was feeling great. Um, I I want to also mention um, my husband in this and this decision. So and how he kind of felt. So he was really he was really hesitant um, about doing this and. Um, it was, yeah, that was quite a big thing in in the lead up to it. There was just, I think, yeah, he, he felt a lot of fear for the unknown and fear for the safety of our baby and me and I think he felt a lot of responsibility, um, which I didn't want him to feel. <laughs> but um, I think sometimes that can be inevitable um, being the the person the other person there um so so yeah he had a lot of a lot of reserve towards it he was very trusting of me um but 
he had a lot of other feelings as well that were just there. Um, but I was feeling great. I was feeling really confident. I was really excited. Um, and I probably 38 and five, 38 and four or five days, um, I noticed that Thea, yeah, kind of she, I felt her move further down. She was really in my pelvis. Her um, movement, her movements were more subdued, which, which, yeah, which was fine. I wasn't really worried about it. I did end up the day, like the day of the night I went into labor, I did end up having a midwife appointment and, um, and did end up getting some monitoring just because I mentioned it and I was just happy just to see. But she was fine. It was just like she'd been a really, like, a tacky baby in pregnancy in my belly and um, all her movements were so intense. Um, and that last sort of, like, five days, she was definitely still moving but more subdued. Um, so I, I did end up getting that checked. I just also quickly want to say um, before I get into this, um, the week after I found out that MGP program at Sunshine had cancelled, Sunshine also moved me, moved hospitals. So they moved me from Sunshine to the Mercy um, because they were a bit, they had too many birthing people at once at Sunshine, um, oh <laughs> which was fine at that stage because we decided to go the route that we had. Um, but if we hadn't, it just would have been another blow. Um so we ended up getting moved to the Mercy, which was fine because that was a much closer hospital to us um, in in Heidelberg. Um, and by amazing chance, I ended up getting put in their MGP program at oh. like thirty six weeks pregnant. <laughs> um, it was just all the all the stars that aligned in that regard. So I got a really beautiful midwife um, and two two backup midwives, and I met I managed to meet them all. Um, I had two appointments with them before Thea came and they were just wonderful, um, those midwives. So I was officially with Mercy. I didn't tell them that I was going, planning on doing this. Um, oh, hold on, wait a second. So <laughs> you were still under their care and telling them yeah. that you were birthing there, but you were just secretly um, planning, um, you're birthing at home. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that's I love it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. So I was still officially under their care, under their care. Um, I'll tell you in a bit what they what their um, what their hunches were about me after I gave did birth. You tell, did you tell any of the midwives that that was your plan? No, I didn't. No. <laughs> Well, I know I, I was I was definitely um weighing up whether to or not um and yeah look but at the stage that I was at so I only had like an appointment at thirty nine weeks that was my last one mm-hmm. I just I didn't yeah <laughs> I'm sure they would have been fine about it I know in hindsight they would have been fine about it um but yeah yeah you kind of I didn't really know them very well so that was the deal. Um, but yeah, anyway, so, um, that was all fine. That whole, I reckon the whole week leading up to her birth every night, I got a lot of tightenings. Um, and I was like, yeah, she's probably going to come tonight. Um, 
so that was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I was every night and I was like, yep, it's probably going to be tonight. Um, never happened. And then come Friday, yeah, I had this midwife appointment. I'd had this monitoring done um, and I was just so tired by the end of the day. And I distinctly remember saying to Kieran that night before we are going to bed, I was like, oh, man, I'm just so exhausted. Like, I really hope I don't go into labour tonight because I just cannot be bothered. Like, I can't <laughs> be bothered to do it tonight. Um, and lo and behold, of course, <laughs> um, of course I went into labour. So, yeah, again, had all my tightenings um, as we were getting ready for bed and they, yeah, stuck around. Um and I, yeah, didn't, couldn't really get to sleep. And then Ola woke up um, at, yeah, around about midnight. And previously Kieran had been going in and was sort of managing to put her back to sleep. But th- that night she just, she was so upset and really wanted me. And I really wanted to be with her. I just had this, like, strong urge. Oh. So, yeah, it was it was really beautiful. And I went in and I said, and she just said, I just want to cuddle you, mom. And I was like, yes, of course. So I just lay with her as she fell back asleep and I had, yeah, I probably had a contraction or so um, as I was laying with her. And it was just, it was so nice. (laughs) It was so special. Um, I almost felt like she knew and I knew that this was going to be sort of the last time just us and, yeah, it was beautiful. So I lay with her for a while. Oh, as she a little mini doula. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I eventually got up and went back and, I, you know, I know that you need to rest, Jane. Like I'd had a 36-hour labour previously and hadn't slept at all in any of that time. And I was like, I just need to rest. And I tried, but, you know as most people feel, it doesn't really happen. So partly because of the, um, you know, the searches that were going on and partly because my brain was just wearing and, yeah, it wasn't going to rest. So eventually, um, yeah, I kind of, Kieran was aware and um, I we'd organised how I get my parents down as a support for Ola and mm-hmm. Kieran. Um, uh, they live up in Bendigo, so they're about a two-hour drive away. Um, so, you know, yeah, eventually Kieran kind of convinced me that we should probably call them. Um, you sort of never want to call someone too early, but, yeah, everything was kind of going along. And um, so Kieran called them at like, maybe 2 in the morning or 3 in the morning, Um and they, yeah, they packed up and slowly started getting ready. And I just um, we kind of went went into our back room. We have a big back room at our house that we'd planned on birthing in. Um, and it was a mess. It was also Ola's playroom. Um, so, I mean, I, I'd had that room cleaned a couple of days that week, but no, they didn't want to come on those days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of about to start packing up the toys <laughs> and moving them out and we've got a we've got a pool so we sort of started moving it into where we needed it to go 
Um, and yeah, I, I lighted, I had a really lovely clary sage candle that I lit um, and put on some, um, put on some essential oils and I lit, I had a really, really beautiful moment of lighting all my candles from my mother blessings. So they'd all been infused with um, the blessings and the love and support from the women who were at my mother blessing. So I lit them all sort of one by one, um, each from the candle before until I lit my pillar candle in the middle um, with all the love and blessings that have been infused in all those candles. So that was a really, really beautiful moment that I just kind of, yeah, that I just had and really felt, really felt the strength from everyone. Um, Yeah, and Kieran popped on music. Kieran definitely got into like what do I need to do sort of mode, um, which is which is great. So I got him to make some labor aid for me, um, which, you know, he, he did not know how to make, but he followed <laughs> the recipe and he was great. <laughs> Made me drink it in between contractions. Um, and yeah, we kind of just, um, just slowly just went through and um, this, I was really intent on this labor being, I, I didn't want to hit, like, I didn't want to a quiet, peaceful birth. I actually thought that's probably still how I would birth because that ha- that's how I birthed all of But I really wanted to go into the pain this time. I didn't want to shy away from it. I didn't want to distract from it. I wanted to go deep into it um, and and I wanted to not be afraid to connect with my voice and my sound and my throat and be really in tune with all of that. Um, That was sort of a conscious decision that I'd done when I'd done all my workings through prior to labour. So, yeah, I did a lot of, um, yeah, sort of moaning as contractions came and Kieran was really amazing and that he, yeah, did a lot of, um, pushing on my back, a lower back and squeezing my hips. I get a lot of back pain in both labors. Um, so that was kind of always prevalent there. Um, but he was great. And I often would sort of like lean over the ball or on a couch, sort of on my knees. That was where I was most, most comfortable during those times. Um, yeah, we just kind of did the dance. Um, this because there was sort of no checking of anything at any point time is really warped um and that I don't know when things happened and I don't I didn't look at a clock at all I didn't want to look at a clock so yeah we just I I just yeah we just kept going so I don't really know um how far apart contractions were or like I, I don't really know any of that, but, you know, it, it continued on and um, my parents got here. We sent them to bed for a bit. The sun rose. Um, eventually I asked for the pool to be filled up. Um, I wanted to birth in the water if I if that was where I felt good. 
Um, but yeah, I was desperate to get in the water. I'd been in the shower for a bit, um, which was wonderful. Um, but yeah, it was pretty keen for the water. So eventually, like, <laughs> I sort of I think back and I think back about how just normal. Um, this is how normal this whole thing was. Like, for for example, when when they were trying to fill up the pool, my dad was and Kieran were trying to work out the um the connector to the hose to get the water into the pool. They were just having trouble. <laughs> and like I like in between contractions, I was just sort of going over and helping them. I'm not really sure why I <laughs> thought that was a good idea <laughs> and look um you know hindsight's funny and I part of me loves that and part of me was like why couldn't you just be in your zone Jane <laughs> but I do you know I really do love how as sacred and magical as birth is it also is just so normal and just so so everyday and wonderful um all at the same time so yeah, like I, I helped them with that and I finally got the water in the pool. Um, yeah, and and I got in and it was just bliss. I think I said I am not getting out until this baby is born. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just stayed and hung out in there for quite some time. Um, I tried to eat and drink as much as I could, but I didn't really want to, um, but I could feel my energy starting to go um, pretty quickly. Um, And so, yeah, I was there. And then after who knows how long, because I didn't look at a clock, but, you know, some amount of time I, yeah, started feeling um, the very, very strong urge to to bear down. Um, I'd felt this with all the two, so I knew what was going on. and I didn't, I didn't actively push with it um, for quite a while. I didn't actively work against it, but I just sort of tried to, just tried to let my body lead in what it was doing. Um, and this continued on for what felt like quite a long time. Um, I think at some point during that, my waters broke as well. Um, and sort of as each contraction came and when I'd get more or I'd feel more sort of discharge coming out um, uh, as, as, as that went on. Um, and then I, I remember so clearly this might have been my moment of transition, I'm not really sure, but I remember my inner thoughts thinking like what if, yeah, the what ifs sort of started to come in because I just felt like my body was pushing, but and I feel I'd feel up in myself to try to like feel ahead, and I, I still don't know what I felt. I felt something, but I didn't think it was ahead. And after every contraction, I just couldn't. And I was like, "What's going on?" And the what ifs of I remember Jane Hardwick Collins's first birth of like two hours pushing at home, and then she eventually. And she eventually got an emergency cesarean and, you know, all the tales of what if you're not fully dilated and you're just pushing and 
you're just causing distress. And so all these sort of what ifs started to creep into my brain. Um, and I didn't voice any of them at any time, but I was like, oh, like I, what, what if? <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I definitely didn't, it didn't last too long. And I, I suppose I said, well, I'm here doing this now. And I think Kieran might even, might, uh, might have even asked me like, do you, do you need to, do you need to go to hospital or do you need to get out? And I, I think very angrily said no. <laughs> I said no, I'm not hopping out of this pool. I'm not going anywhere. Um so yeah, I but I knew I knew deep, I knew deep within me that like this had to be done and I also I knew I knew that this was right and everything was fine, but I was losing energy so fast. Um and I think during the last part, yeah, Kieran got quite worried. Um for me, just because I was, I was losing, (laughs) I don't know if I was losing consciousness, but I was, I was so depleted of everything here and was almost, I think he was force feeding me grapes in between contractions. Um, I just like everything, I just had nothing left. Um, really, I, I, yeah, I've never sort of experienced anything like it I think my like my bottom lip went numb I don't really know why um yeah like I just I felt it was it just I felt like so much it was using so much of my power um to to do this um it was it was insane it was really insane um it was just using every ounce of me so yeah I continued on and then and then I really, I felt like everything was breaking open. <laughs> um, everything, I felt like everything was ripping and breaking open and things were not in the right shapes and I just everything was just bizarre and I had no idea, um, yeah, what was going on. I mean, I knew what was going on, but also I was feeling myself going, this is this is messed up <laughs> in the best way possible, but this does not feel good. This does not feel right. Oh. Um, but yeah, look, and then, and I, and then I really lent into, I suppose, the pushing and like, I was just, I was roaring her to come out. Like I was roaring really, really fast, uh, really loudly. And yeah, I was leaning, I was very much leaning into that pain. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, during that time, yeah, my mum and dad, they were outside playing with Orla and they brought her in um, right sort of at the last second. Um, and so then I, yeah, I pushed, essentially her head was coming out um, and, yeah, I was pushing out. And then I, so I don't really recall any of this. So a lot of this, this little bit now is more from, Kieran's recollection because I don't really remember much of this at all. Um, but yeah, I sort of her head was coming out or nearly out. Um, and then I think I was saying, I can't, I can't really, I can't do this or I can't keep going or I can't push or I, I don't know how to get her out. Um, and so then Kieran just quickly hopped in the pool and um 
and just uh, wiggled her head out and shoulders out a little bit. Um, Oh, amazing. Yeah, and yeah, and sort of just and got her out super quickly. So I, I don't remember. I don't remember it happening, but I remember I was pushing, and then Kieran was there, and then there was a baby, and um, yeah, and then the, and then she came out, and then Kieran just broke down. He was just like, yeah, he was. He just started crying, and um. I got Thea up and yeah, just untangled her from from her cord. Um, and then yeah, popped her on my chest. Um, she didn't cry straight away. She um, she had a lot of fluid um, and mucus still in her chest. It sounded like so I could see and and hear her trying to breathe and like and breathing, but not. Um, not easily. Um, and so, yeah, we just, I did a lot of, you know, rubbing her and talking to her. And I think I tried to get some of um, the mucus out of her nose, which I don't think just by sucking on it, which I don't think, I, I don't think I did anything actually with that. I'm not sure if anything came up, but um, I wasn't, I wasn't worried that she wouldn't breathe. I just, wanted her to start crying at some point mm. um, my mum my parents might have been a bit worried more just because they might not have understood the process um that sometimes it takes for babies to sort of really breathe and and use their external lungs um but yeah, I, I don't think it was, like, again, I don't know time frames. I don't think it was that long. But eventually, yeah, she started crying and letting out a really big cry. And, um, yeah, we just we just cuddled and hung out in the pool for a bit. And, did, uh, you, yeah. um, did you feel like you kind of landed back in your body once she was birthed or were you still yeah, in that I've, state of exhaustion, not, delirium? No, I remember so clearly everything once she was born. Um, yeah, I was definitely not in that state anymore. I was way back. I was way back in my body. I was in the room. I was in the pool. Yeah, I was very clearly there. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So good. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you had her, in your arms and at home, did you have to do anything after that? Did you just call up the hospital and tell them that you just had your baby at home? Yeah. So afterwards we got out of the pool. We hung out on like the sofa bed that was in the same room that we just kind of set up as a bed and hung out for a while. Um, and then we birthed my placenta um, oh, yes. in, in the toilet uh, in a bowl, but we um f- didn't really think about it that Athea was still attached to it and then the placenta was in the bowl in underneath the toilet bowl. So they were kind of stuck <laughs> in the, like, <laughs> Thea was on one side of the toilet bowl connected to her placenta on the other side of the toilet oh. bowl. <laughs> we couldn't work out how to get them. Like the bowl was too big to fit through the bowl. And the Home birth was- problems, hey? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah. We ended up having to cut the cord (laughs) (laughs) in our tiny toilet room. Like it was in our tiny toilet. It was just so, it was just wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Like not Instagram worthy, but just beautiful. Um, (laughs) It was wonderful. Um, Yeah, but it had been uh, like over an hour and a half since, um, since he'd been born so we were happy to cut it at that stage um yeah and we just hung out and mum made me Vegemite toast and I had a really nice shower and got dressed so we took a couple of hours after she was born um and then we called the hospital and my backup midwife was on call at that stage and she answered and she said, oh, yeah, me and um, Xantha, who was my main midwife, yeah, we'd spoken about how we thought you'd probably do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, I must really give off a vibe. Yeah. Um, oh, they knew. Yeah, so we called them and I was like, look, I would really like to actually come in and just get checked over once. Um, and she said, yep, that's fine. You need to call an ambulance. <laughs> I was like, oh. No, after all of that. <laughs> um, so we waited a little bit. We called the ambulance and they came and it was just so chilled and they were really nice. Um, and so basically they were a glorified taxi service to the hospital. Um, <laughs> but that was fine. I, you know, sat in the back with Thea on me and that was all good and took us to the hospital and I got, yeah, we got our backup midwife who was just so beautiful and she checked us over, checked Thea, checked me. Um, Yeah, everything was fine. I had no tearing or anything. Um, And she, yeah, signed all our paperwork, which is honestly probably the main reason (laughs) why Mm. we went there. Yes. Yeah, just other stuff involved if you don't go through the hospital system that, we kind of didn't have the time to figure out. Mm. Um, yeah, and so then we came home a couple of hours later and, yeah, and and that was it and it was lovely. Amazing. And how did you feel after that experience? Oh, I felt amazing. I felt, I felt on top of the world. Yeah, again, I was on such a an oxytocin high um I was so proud of us um I was so acutely aware of yeah even little things that I know would have been so different if we had birthed in hospital um and yeah I was just I was so happy that i listen to what it was that I wanted and needed and had trusted that. Um, yeah, but I was, I was so great. <laughs> I was so great. Yeah. I felt so good. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, Jane, thank you so much for sharing your beautiful, beautiful story. I have loved listening. <laughs> Thank you so much for, um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I love recalling it. 
Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Bloom Birth Stories. If you enjoyed, please subscribe and share with a friend. And if you'd like to share your story, reach out. You can find me over on Instagram at Kate Bloom Doula. See you next week, beautiful.